Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin hour number two of Big Bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw coming at you. I asked them all during the break, do you know the musical stylings of Depeche Mode? And you looked at me like I had eight heads. Like, I don't know what you listen to when you're not here, uh, you know, doing this fine program. Are you listening to Reach Out and Touch Faith? I am not, but I will tell you, I will tell you one of my all-time top five favorite songs you would never be able to guess is by John Denver. Uh, John, uh, would that be the West Virginia song? Country Roads, yeah, baby. Country Roads. I love that song. Is, is he from West Virginia? I, yeah, you're not going to sing about it if you're not. I don't know. I don't know that he is. I, 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 I'm, I'm, with, uh, I'm with you, Dave. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. Just, like, be, just because you write a song about somewhere, I don't think that means you're for sure from there. But he is not. I am incorrect. I knew it. I knew it. We should have bet him. We should have bet you. We could have got two to one out of you on that. Except, but, except neither one of us would have no. had the stones to put up any money no, against would, it. We're no. just, yeah, yeah. Correct. We're just theorizing. Well, I would have just kept raising the bet amount until, <laughs> until we didn't the the anymore. <laughs> Like poker, Kelly. <laughs> just keep raise, raise. One guy hit me I'm up out. on Twitter. One guy hit me on Twitter one time. He goes, "Amal, he goes, I played with you before." He goes, "Raise, re-raise, just, just keep firing three streets until they fold." Absolutely, unload the clip. Amal, that poker metaphor was me and, a, me and Dave holding pocket deuces. That's you know, it. Like you just like, keep raising. Okay, I, don't, I don't know if I'm interested anymore. I don't think he's from West Virginia, but I'm not gonna raise them all or, or I, see I, the call. I There's wish, no way. I wish Ross was with me that night. I played with Bayheim. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you played I, poker with Jimmy. I'm not even much of a, like, I don't talk smack. If you talk to me, then I'm going to come at you. Yeah. But I don't actually say anything to anybody. And he calls me with Ace King Kelly, I don't know, like for 100 pre. Wait, wait, wait. Please, for, for the non-poker. Yeah, yeah, well, well and, and first of all, back up, because I've heard like 100,000 Amalshaw poker stories. Play but I've never Jim heard Behan. this. Oh, I never told you this? No, this no. is amazing. So I'm raising with my standard hand that I've got a pretty good hand in my book, Deuce Four Off. So he raises, <laughs> he raises to he raises to thirty or, or thirty five or forty whatever. It Is Bayham looking at you as you do? As oh, I'm I'm yapping at him the whole time. Tournament oh cash game, Ca- straight cash, homie. Straight cash. I don't, straight I don't cash play homie? tournament. Yeah, what absolutely. Are we playing this five ten with ten twenty table. No, this was a five ten. Does okay. he have glasses yeah. on? Uh, I don't. I was. I didn't realize the police were asking for a description. Like, I, I, I want to set the scene for everybody. Yeah, no, Dave's right. I think Bayheim. I think this glasses. He's going to give you that kind of. He never smiles. Like he's in Bayheim mode. Yeah, he was okay. He was a little bit more jovial than usual. Oh. He hadn't taken a non-conference loss because it was the off season, so <laughs> it was fine. Um, so he raises with his ace king to to about forty or fifty. Or I'm sorry, thirty, thirty, and then I, I make it about a hundred. He calls. The flop comes deuce seven nine. So of course I fire out about two hundred. He calls. Yeah, deuce four. You said. Yeah, deuce okay. four. It's just the two of you now. The, yeah, the, it's just you and Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, the turn is like a ten. I fire again for like four hundred. He he calls on the river. I see he's got like seven hundred left. So I just go. I'm all in. Why is he calling that four hundred? 
Because he's, first of all, because I was yapping at him. This is one of those, like, he wants he's gonna, to be. He's king, though. All he needs is one ace or a king. You're dead. Correct. And a lot of times, you're figuring you're probably good based on the board. Right? And I play very aggressive. Oh, so, you know. I, you shocker. Know, I, had you guys been playing for a while? Probably about like an hour at this point okay, in time. Okay, so, so he had pick up, picked up on your oh, he was aggressive, obnoxious attitude oh, at yeah, the yeah, table. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to beat you. <laughs> oh, 100%. The competitive nature is that. A- absolutely. So then um, I, just, I just fire on the river. And um, he ca- he calls, and I go. What was the river? That was like an uh, six. Didn't or matter. He's, it was he's like, drawn dead. He's, he's drawn dead. So I go. He wanted to beat you uh, with ace high. I, I go. It. I go. Let me guess. You call me with ace king. He turns it over very proudly. I was like, come on, man. I slammed my cards down. I said, deuce fourth the nuts. Bottom pair, fifth pair is good. Ship it. Are you kidding did he, me? Did he get up and walk I've out? I've never heard no, this story before. That's fantastic. I, I can't believe I didn't tell you this. Never I cannot that believe oh, yeah. you made Jim Beheim cower in your presence on a deuce four. I, I am hyper aggressive in everything in life. You think I'm going to bow down to that uh, hostess scheduling guy up at Syracuse? Would you have pref- well, obviously won more money, but w- were you hoping were you hoping to beat him or were you just hoping to get him to fold at the beginning of that? Did you want him to quit? No, I want him. Of course I want him to fold. Uh, yeah. Where am I thinking Deuce Four and a pair of ducks are good against those nits? <laughs> I'm are you kidding me? Those guys are the guys I usually – Kelly, those are the guys I usually label as guys who only play hands pre-flop when they've got pocket quads. Mm, yeah. See, I, what's amazing to me is, like, I thought you'd say something like when you knew, like, get smart, like to bring up 87. Because that's like below the belt Because that's the thing that stings with you for the rest of your life Yeah, it still hurts me when people say that So, no, I didn't need to go there But I just, you know, it was, listen I I wasn't even yapping a lot But somebody was talking to him at the table So then, of course, the conversation Somebody knew me at the table We started talking sports And we started talking to him And, I, of course, I didn't, you know I'm not going to back down I was like, (laughs) hey, man I I said, I know you schedule a lot of directional schools What's the matter? You couldn't get Maine or Vermont? You did not say this What do I care? Dave, said, I can picture this conversation. Yep. You oh. said you scheduled directional schools to Absolutely. Jimmy B. Absolutely. Amal's not backing down to anybody on college basketball knowledge. Not even Jim Beheim at the poker table. I couldn't care less. <laughs> Isn't Am I the, wrong in my assertion that this guy is scheduling hostess cupcakes all the year long? Is he the active winningest coach in the history of college basketball now that Kay's done? Listen, there's a lot Check of things. Or, or yeah, I think it is because Roy's done and Kay's done. Yeah, I think it's I Jimmy think he B. Is. Yeah, yeah, he Jimmy is. Jimmy B's got the most current wins of any coach in the history of college basketball. You know, Tony Rialli's hosted a show for 20 years at ESPN. Oh, Either stop. he's an underachiever or he has no motivation in life. So just because you've been there forever doesn't make you good at something. That is an amazing story. Man, the only the only the only way that story could end it better is if somehow it ended in fisticuffs or something. Well, <laughs> if he'd brought up 87, Jimmy Bayer got that upset. Yeah, if the Indiana game had come up, I'm sure he would have gotten really PO'd. Because I still get agitated. And I, I, no, I didn't even play. that's like there's no reason to go there on that one. It wasn't like anything personal. No. I just asked him. You know, do you ask like, you know, like, why didn't you call timeout with seven seconds when Keith Mark Smart made the shot instead of two seconds? There was no, five because seconds I was. A, went I'm a Big Ten homer. I was happy Indiana beat Syracuse. Back then, by the way, you had to call timeout. Now the stop clock, the, the clock stops when it goes through the hoop. Back then, yeah, you, you had, you had yeah. to call timeout. And yep. Jimmy, there was five. I shouldn't bring it up. It's no. just it's just painful still to bring it up. Just a, another amazing tale in the bizarre gambling life of emotion. That is awesome. That, that was classic. That I was can't sure. believe I've never told you that because I Kelly and I talk a lot and I I've shared a lot of things with him and I was surprised I had never told him that one. Yeah, we've talked about I mean way more ridiculously detailed stupid poker scenarios yeah, exactly. without <laughs> ever bringing up the name Jim Beheim. Uh, that's I, an all timer. <laughs> that's an all time story right there. And I think we should have Jimmy on the show. Oh, I'll tell you another quick story. We're at the win. This is. 
2000, I can't, it had to be 2012. Team USA's out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so some kid like nine years old comes up to Shashevsky uh, to get an autograph. Yeah. And he kind of blew, he blew the kid off. And my buddy, uh, he's a business partner of mine. When I say to you, he's the IDGAF guy. Oh boy. He, nobody you've ever met like him in his li- in our <laughs> lifetime is like him. Dude, he starts undressing Shashevsky. I'm going to tell you right now, I think this guy was scared my buddy was going to hit him. Did Kay go back and sign the kid's stuff? No, he just looked at it like my buddy's crazy, which he is. But <laughs> it was great. I mean, he went off on the guy. He's like, nine-year-old kid, you don't even sign for him? What the hell's wrong with you? You make $5 million a year because of people like him. He goes off on the guy. He goes, sign for the damn kid. Oh, it was great. So I absolutely so loved it. your buddy undressed Kay. Oh, he, he couldn't and care you, less. you beat Bayheim on a 2-4. Well, that's the problem. You know, we had these guys coaching the Olympic team for two. That's when he was playing. It was the summer. It was during they were out yeah. here. That's Bayheim and K were yeah. hand in hand. Actually, exactly. no, the way that story ends better wow. is if, if Maul turns his call, cards over and he goes, I'm going to get a hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> in this heat, in this studio? I, wow, those are amazing, amazing poker stories. And the, wow, I, I, I'm still stunned. And I, and I love it, by the way, that your buddy did that to Kay. Oh, let's talk about UConn tonight. And I know it's a school that you liked early. I don't know if yeah. you're all the way off the UConn. Husky I, I am not. I'm going to ride this thing right into the ground. But remember, I got Houston running parallel on different tracks. So I know you don't like to lay small favorites on the road. Yeah. Here we go again with UConn laying five on the road against the Hall. Kids in the Hall here from Seton. What do you make of the Pirates against the Huskies? I'm going to stay off of this game for one reason. I Normally, this would be a play for me on Connecticut, even though they're on the road against Seton Hall. I don't like this Hall team. But Shaheen Holloway taking over. Remember, he came mm-hmm. over from St. Peter's. My issue right now is when I look at this team that Danny Hurley's not going to be coaching tonight. And sometimes you see a drop-off. We've seen it so far with Texas without Chris Beard. Yeah, I want to see how Connecticut responds. I don't know the reason why Danny Hurley's not going to be coaching this game tonight. It's unfortunate, right? He played at St. Anthony's yeah. in New Jersey, so kind of a missed homecoming here for him. Uh, but I think the, uh, the Connecticut Huskies get back on track. They had a tough loss at home against St. John's, but Mike Anderson's team is capable on any given night of beating anybody in college basketball. Um, they did a, a couple of losses in some road spots, but against tough teams. Marquette, pay attention to them. Very, very good team in the Big East. Did you ever play poker with Jim Calhoun? Um, no, I did not. Just, we're going to go through great coaches. That Well, I respect Jimmy Calhoun. Really? Yeah. Not a penny of it back! <laughs> Ohio State against Nebraska. Here we are again. Going to lay six on the road here with the Buckeyes against the Huskers. Uh, is this danger? One way, one way bet only. Nebraska plus the six. By the Ooh. way, you want to talk about a t- terrible beat last night. Yep. I got Georgia plus oh, 11. Good, they're good they're up at eight at the break. They get outscored by 22 in the second half. I, I like Hoiberg overall. Program doesn't have quite the talent. Ohio State's a good basketball team coming off a rough loss in overtime against Rutgers. But six to me is a few too many to be laying here. I'll take big red in the six in this spot. TCU is an interesting team. Yeah. Of course, that collapsed last week against Texas. I don't know that that still stings on the road. And they're catching points here against unranked West Virginia. Seeing report real quick, uh, Danny Hurley will be out. Uh, this is, I guess we're not using the health and safety protocol languages anymore because oh. I'm looking at a UConn reporter just saying he has COVID-19. Okay. okay. So he's going to be out for that game. Yeah. So what about West Virginia at home, John Denver, uh, laying two and a half against TCU? Well, let me tell you, post-game, they want to hear this song tonight with a victory. <laughs> so they've lost five in a row. The Mounties have been struggling a little bit here. Um, I, I think they get back on track. This is a tough spot for for the uh, Frogs going on the road here. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the losses at Oklahoma State, uh, at K-State, 
Kansas, uh, Baylor, not that bad, and at Oklahoma by one point. Now, that was a little bit misleading. They hit a three at the buzzer, but I'm going to go Mounties here. Didn't play this one, but uh, line's now up to two and a half. I still like West Virginia. Uh, When we come back, we're going to bring in our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, to talk things all associated with the association. That's next here on Big Bets on Visa. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest games, well, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits are going to let you see the money and bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99 and become part of the sports betting network. That's VSIN slash subscribe. Great being back with Amal Shaw here talking college basketball in the last segment. Let's talk some NBA now with our senior NBA analyst. He is, of course, Jonathan Von Tobel. You can follow him on Twitter as I do at MeJVT. Uh, Jonathan, we're, we were talking about some bad beats we saw last night in college basketball, say with Georgia and Kentucky. My buddy Tim Doyle was texting me last night about the Rockets ending to the Laker game, and he was catching, I believe, six and a half. And we had a bucket scenario late for the Rockets, but then they overturned it, said no bucket, shooting free throws. They missed two free throws, down mm. six, and then the Lakers get fouled and make two to cover the number. Do you are you a bad beat guy that you go yeah there is such a thing as a bad beat or was he ultimately just on the wrong side? Oh yeah, I mean of course there's such thing as a bad beat. You just you know we got to take everything into consideration. Everything is a bad beat. Right. I'm one of those. Like I think it's got to be a pretty tremendous set of circumstances to screw you. Like I would say <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to, you can throw that into like a bad beat category type deal. Um, you know, but like. At the end of a game, like a hockey game, for example, I see a lot of people lose on like the empty netter. That's not a bad beat. That's what you like. That's that's part of hockey. Right. Those are the things where I'll gatekeep bad beats all day. You, you know, you're not allowed to call those bad beats. <laughs> the the problem is JVT. A lot of people's bad beat surface area is the size of the Grand Canyon. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, well, if they if they lose, if yeah, they lose, right. then it's a bad beat. Like that's well, essentially what it is. It's like if you had the Buccaneers this past week, that eh, was a bad beat. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you, you might have just been on the wrong side. Yeah, exactly. yeah, great point. Let's look at uh, tonight's slide here. And again, that uh, number of five is always intriguing to me when I look at the Wizards against the Knicks. Knicks are going to lay five at home here at, at the Garden. I won't say it because I know that you don't like to hear it. So uh, we're at the Garden tonight, going to lay those five. What do you make of the Knicks and where they are right now in the Eastern Conference? The most uh, overvalued sports arena in uh, all of sports is that we were talking about here, right? Right I above the so. subway station. Yeah. Uh, no, look, the with when it comes to the Knicks, the Knicks have been playing really good basketball, man. And, you know, it's funny. It's one of the things that before the season, there's a lot of things, guys, where you know, there's times where I have thoughts on teams before a season began, but then I don't act on them enough. And one of those was like, you know, I think this Knicks team is probably going to be pretty solid coming into this year. Their bench seems relatively good if they put things together. Thibodeau shored up his lineup over the last 20 games or so, and it showed. They're 13-7 and seven straight up, 13-6-1 against the spread in their last 20 games. They're playing really good basketball on both ends of the floor. Look, with Washington, if Bradley Beal, and it seems like he's going to play, all reports are that he's going to be out there. In the NBA, the last few days have been burned enough where I won't believe it until a sneaker hits the floor. <laughs> um, but I, I think that when he's going to be out there, look, he improves Washington, yes. 
But I think New York does enough to combat the Wizards' defensive rebounding, which is one of their biggest strengths, and the ability to keep on with the offensive glass and the matchup with their size. I would lean here toward the Knicks. I don't think Bradley Beal is the same guy he was that is worth pushing this down the point that it is. It's not a bet that I would make, uh, but this opened up six. You mentioned it's down to five. That is the Beal news. I, I would say that Beal is maybe not worth a full point, just given the injuries coming back from and how less than impactful he has been for Washington lately. What's with your disdain for MSG? Uh, Amal, it's, it just, to be honest with you, it's just an anti-New Yorker thing. Like, you know, <laughs> like we get it. You think you live in the best city in the world. You don't. But we you, we get that you think that you do, okay? And we get that you think that your sports franchises are all that. But Amal, the Knicks, I, I will always tell this story, okay? I've been there, right? I haven't been in Madison Square Garden, but I came out of Penn Station. It was many years ago, and I stepped out. It was right before LeBron James free agency, and I saw a sign, and it said, New uh, King James, if you think you're the king, you come to New York and prove it. That sign should say, please, dear God, King James, come to New York. We're begging you. You are not in a position to uh, demand that somebody of LeBron James status comes there. And that has always been my problem with New York. You're not as important as you think you are. And that is where my issues come in. And I will stand by it every time. First of all, I thought that was an excellent argument. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I necessarily agree with it, but I thought it was very well put together. Where I disagree with you on the LeBron James thing is, though, if LeBron <laughs> wants to be considered the greatest of all time, if he went and won a title in New York, oh, he no, would have been no, considered the greatest of all time. Even though he wouldn't, wouldn't be, wouldn't he would still be considered, because they haven't won since 73. He, if he lifted that doormat, doormat program off the mat and took him to a title, they'd go, oh, he's the greatest. Because then you'd have 20 million nutcases backing his argument. Well, and I, I like the fact that Carmelo tried. He tried, tried to, what? Carmelo doesn't even know. He tried to win in New York. Car he tried Carmelo to win the is the greatest three-on-three half-court player of all time. He didn't even know you got to play on the other side of the court. He already won once in New York. He tried real hard to shoot 40 times a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> that experiment failed, by the way. By the way, you know, it's going so well in New York that two years ago they were out, uh, out in the streets celebrating a split of home court with the Atlanta the Atlanta That is Hawks. true. Yeah, that's, yeah. Good, so that's, that's, that's how good, well it's going. That fan, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an interesting fan base to say I, the least. I have to be honest with you. JVT's argument, I mean, if somebody was coming against him, he brought a knife to a gunfight. He, really he absolutely just torched him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going down the docket a little bit. Uh, the Knicks again going to lay five tonight. JVT leans towards the guys at the Mecca tonight. Uh, let's go to the ATL against the Mavericks in this one here. Mavs laying two, two and a half here at home against the Hawks. You know, Luka has been a sensation, obviously. Sometimes you just look at him, you marvel. Down to two. So the Hawks taking a little bit of money here, JVT. What do you make of this one? So I, I think it's a pretty good spot. I, I believe, again, don't make always make sure, but all reports are indicating that both Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green will return from injury for the Dallas Mavericks today. And that's two of three very key defensive pieces for the Mavericks that have been missing for quite a while, guys. And if they're going to be out there on the floor, uh, look, I'd, I'd be very intrigued by Dallas, especially if Luka Doncic is going to be out there. The defensive floor is raised with those two back out there. You have an on-ball defender. Again, we'll talk about minutes restrictions maybe if that affects things with a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, but still another piece to throw out a Trey Young type. Uh, I'd be really intrigued by Dallas. And here's the thing. Atlanta the other night, the market moved against them. Miami was, I think, a road favorite, if I remember correctly. They ended up closing there. Oh, they're about picks against the Atlanta Hawks. But Clint Capella is back, and they ended up winning that game. Atlanta is better because they're starting to get healthy as well. But if these defensive pieces are going to be back for Dallas, and, of course, you still have Luka out there, I'd be intrigued by the Mavericks on a short number at home. With home court being worth what it is, I would say that the difference between these two teams is a little bit greater than what the market is telling you it is right now. You know, to me, the one thing, when you look at this team, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this, why is it they can't attract anybody else to play with Luka? Mm. Do you think it's because Luka's too ball-dominant? Is he willing to be a little bit more of a passer? What is the issue there? 
state with no, no. state income tax. <laughs> um, you can win. I'm going to tell you right now, that town loves its Mavs. I, I don't get it. I, I look at that team, and I always, every time I watch the Mavs, it's like four guys waiting either for an offensive rebound or Luka to get double teamed, and then maybe they'll get a kick out for an open three. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a flaw with the way they want to build their roster all. Not so much nobody wants to play with Luka Doncic. I mean, look, they had a second star in Jalen Brunson. They just didn't want to pay him. Uh, they didn't want to give him the money that he had desired. And guys, he actually had, I don't know if you remember this story, They, they he was willing to take a much smaller contract extension last year before his big season happened, Jalen Brunson. And yet they didn't want to give it to him. He plays his cards right. And what happens, he gets his big deal with the New York Knicks, and now he's a star and a most improved candidate over in New York. So I think it's kind of a flaw more at the front office of all than it is with mm. like, hey, I don't want to play with Luka Doncic. Doncic is awesome, and he opens up the floor for all of these guys. I think right now they're content with let's just put a whole bunch of dudes who can catch and shoot three-point shots at a really high rate and play defense, and let's see how far this takes us. I don't think it's an anti-Doncic thing. I think it's a front office thing. Now, if it like persists over the next four or five seasons, then we'll see. But I don't think that really is the case. And also, I mean, just kind of look at the landscape. The big names that have moved, they've moved via trade. They haven't moved via free agency. So it's not like there's been a bunch of big names that have been out there that have been willing or able to move to all these other destinations, if you catch my drift. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, JVT, very quickly, uh, Clippers last night against Philadelphia didn't go well for your boys there. Now the back-to-back, they're going to get eight, I'm seeing here, in Salt Lake against the Jazz. I guess that's dependent on who's playing and who's not. Update and half in some spots. Yeah, and so look, I will say this because you guys have been on this. So first off, to your point, Dave, more than likely, you're not going to see Paul George, who just returned from a hamstring injury yesterday. More than likely, you're not going to see Kawhi Leonard. John Wall is already out for a, for a long time. Luke Kennard's been out for a while. So this is going to be, again, a thin Clippers team. Now, I will say, as I have told you guys before, big picture-wise for the Clippers, if they're firing on all cylinders, I still believe they could be a better one of the best teams in the West. However, to your guys' point that you've made with me and what the others are making, the masses are making, is – this is the annoying part, right? Yeah. You finally get Paul George back. You finally have them both together. And what are you going to do on the second leg of a back-to-back? After you lost a game, by the way, you're going to allow them to sit everybody, and then you're going to go into a game and probably take another loss. That's where the frustration comes in, and that's where I'm kind of at. I still see the high ceiling for this team, but you totally understand people kind of getting out right now because they won't even allow themselves to build up the continuity that they need when they're finally healthy. So we'll see. we got about, what, 36-ish games left for this team. Still plenty of time if they're going to be healthy to build some camaraderie and some gel on offense. But it is pretty frustrating to watch them lose a game like that yesterday where they clawed back, took a lead in the second half, ultimately lost it, and now you're going to sit everybody and take probably another L after that. Yeah, get outscarred by nine in the fourth quarter. We've got about 15 seconds. Do you think Mike Conley ends up on the move somewhere, potentially Mm. L.A. as a point guard for them? Clippers have been thrown out there, Amal. Yeah, I think he probably would be on the move. He's one of those guys. And by the way, I was reading a report really quickly. Jazz might be buyers. John Collins is a a guy that they might go after. So we'll see what happens. But yes, I think Conley's out. Everybody thought they were tanking. And now maybe the Jazz are in the buyer's market before the trade deadline. Amazing stuff. Hey, JVT, we appreciate it as always. Uh, Good luck tonight with your plays. We'll catch up with you again very soon. Come on back. Just rolling here on Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Watch football a little bit more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness. Set your lineup. Watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all postseason long. Guinness, made of more. 
Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for all of the details. Back alongside them all, Shaw, great having JVT in the last segment talking to NBA. I do want to go back down a level to the college kids. By the way, you know, some people that love basketball, they either love the NBA or they love college. And I've always been a college guy first over the NBA. Do you have a preference when you're watching? Because, like, some people that love the NBA go, they're just not as skilled. Like, you're watching you're watching inferior basketball when you watch college versus the NBA. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. But I also like the fact that in college basketball, guys don't defend like they're traffic cones. I, that's where I am. They, the kids try. I the mean, adults sometimes, they're like, can I go through the motions a little bit? I don't want to play this other side of it, but I like guys that can finish layups. Right? I, I don't disagree with <laughs> See, that. There's the yin no, and the yang. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The take. L- let's give some clarity on that. That's a reference to Keontae Johnson missing the game-winning layup last night uh, oh. between K-State and Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's what he was talking about. I agree with you because in the NBA, the guy would have finished with his left hand. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, but still, to me, the NBA is more about like, okay, we're playing in Salt Lake. We're going to focus tonight because there's not as much to do. We're in Miami or Atlanta. We're like, dude, can't have any fouls in this game. Got to get out of here quickly. It's you, a very different game. I can appreciate both levels as far as basketball goes. But when you're watching an NBA game, certainly if you're betting on it too, right? I, I always feel like at least in college, you know effort is normally not an issue. Correct. Right? So I can handicap it better knowing like – like, you, you nailed it, like, the K-State game last night. You knew that was going to be the biggest game in Little Manhattan. And <laughs> there was going to be no question about effort. Maybe the talent was on the side of Kansas, but you're fracturing that stuff into the handicap. In the NBA, sometimes it's like these guys just take nights off, literally, even though they're playing. Uh, you're, a- you're absolutely right about it. I'll say this about the NBA. I covered the league for about 10 years. Um, college- I love college basketball, college football, as most people know that listen to our show regularly. Mm-hmm. The NFL... I, get, I don't have a team, and even if I don't have a bet on a game, there's games I get fired up for. Yeah. Baseball playoffs, I don't want to miss an inning. NHL playoffs, in my opinion, the greatest sport in the world. Woo! And then, but the NBA, the last game I looked forward to in the NBA, game six of the NBA finals between the Phoenix Suns and the Chicago Bulls. That's Barkley Jordan. Wasn't even just that. I, I actually liked the NBA back then. I loved the 80s NBA into the 90s. But then once I realized, like, Jordan got every call and Stern wanted to dictate, you know, when your commissioner comes out and says your dream NBA finals is Lakers versus Lakers, I have a major problem with that. It does. It, it harkens back to a different era. And what we're talking about, certainly for handicapping purposes, in the regular seasons back then when Jordan played, and you, everybody saw the last dance, right? They knew he just didn't take a night off. So it was almost easier to handicap back then because guys didn't do that then. It's just a different game now. Larry Bird's walking into an all-star competition in a three-point shootout saying, which one of you guys is finishing second? I'm like, that, that edge doesn't seem like it's always there anymore. And so that's why maybe it's, it's – handicapping is not easy in any regard. But maybe that makes the NBA even tougher to handicap these days because those days are gone. There's a couple of factors which you brought up which are very crucial. In college basketball, you're never playing back-to-back outside of in November or December in a holiday tournament. Um, the other thing is you mentioned guys sitting out. You know, think about this with the Clippers. Kelly, I know you bet the NBA regularly. For the last couple of years, how many times do you have to check to see if PG and Kawhi are in the lineup for them? Oh, it's great. They're almost unbettable. Yeah, that's I, I exactly. Mean, that's, that's it. it's, yeah, I mean, unless you have the time to sit around all day for the different injury reports, the timed injury reports, and then the reports that come out of nowhere, unless you got time all day to sit around on Twitter 
uh, and follow that stuff, it's almost impossible to bet the Clippers regularly. But the problem is not even just sitting around waiting on that information. It It's so like, well, he might go, he may not go. So much of it is like, just you don't know. There's not a lot, a lot of clarity on it. Look, Silver did a great job when he got hired, and the players had a tremendous affinity for him when he banned Donald Sterling from the league, yep. and that was the right move. But on top of it, to me, there's certain situations now when you look at teams like Orlando, some of these other teams around the league, uh, like Charlotte, they sell you packages based on the Warriors, the Lakers, and everything else. you got to buy the Indiana Pacers, the Orlando Magic, if you live in Charlotte, if you want to see the Warriors and the Lakers in those types of situations. So to me, if you want guys sitting out, then you should almost force them to sit out home games because how many times, if you're yeah. in the Eastern Conference, do you get an opportunity to see LeBron, to see Steph Curry, or some of these other guys? You don't get that many opportunities throughout, whether it be a season or a lifetime. Most teams, right, you're going to get one opportunity in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so if Steph's coming to your city once and you get a chance in five years to go, you want to go see this guy play. I'm with you. That's where we are. That's that's the current state of regular season basketball. To Kelly's point about, you know, that's what you have to do if you're going to be handicapping certainly the Clippers and one of the favorite gifs of all time would say, ain't nobody got time for that. You guys sit around all day on the internet? But by, by the way, you know the other thing that drives me nuts with the association? No other sport does this. I know in football they come to midfield and they kind of shake hands and stuff after the game. But in the NBA, as soon as the horn goes off, oh. they're trying to see. It's like musical chairs. They're trying to see who they can hug first before somebody's out of a hugging partner. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, dude. It's a different day and age from the Bird, Jordan, Magic. I mean, maybe Magic and Isaiah started it. And then it's carried over with their love affair they had for each other. It, that's always been bizarre in sports to me, though. Like, what, what do they do? Like hockey, right? Don't they do the handshake line like after yeah. a game? Only game, yeah. right? Only when the season when a, a series playoff, is over, yeah. right? But not in the regular season. There's but no, it's almost like like you've like I mean sometimes literally been fighting right during a game, but then it's like all right, let's everybody forced to uh, uh, line up and shake hands. But it, but it was like Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Uh, Toronto's playing Boston, or, or it might have been a different day in hockey. And I forgot, I'm drawing a blank right now for the bees who got into the fight with Wayne Simmons. These guys are trying to knock each other's yep. block off. It was one of the longer fights I've seen this year. Probably about a minute, minute and a half. And then afterwards, they both tap each other on the head like, yo, respect. good fight. Respect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, respect. Good Nick fight. Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno. Matt right. had it downstairs, not me. Ooh, that was impressive. That was, that, director that was nice. I forgot it was Foligno in that one. But, you know, they squared off center ice. They end up in the boards. It was a great fight, but respect. By the way, I got to ask Matt, how the hell did he get that one so quick? That was, that was quick. impressive. He's a hockey guy. That's that's better than a hockey guy. That's on top of it. That was, I think, a... That was Johnny on the spot right That there. really was. That was good. But all I'm saying is I think it takes away from the competitive nature at times. Tend to agree. Makes it, I think, harder to handicap in the NBA. That's for sure. So, again, let's get back to the college kids here. Auburn going to lay four and a half against LSU. Talking about tricky spots here. Yeah. Uh, laying points in the road with the... Uh, the ranked team, I know, is something you don't normally like to do. Well, no, it's not that. I didn't even know who's ranked. I, hell, oh. I didn't even know Auburn was ranked, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. I couldn't care less. I haven't looked at the AP poll in forever. Um, but to me, I like LSU here. It was at five on the overnight, now down to four and a half. I don't think this Auburn team is particularly good. I like Bruce Pearl as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets the most out of his teams. They're going to play with tempo. But for me, I look at this number, big number here on the road, lane four and a half. We saw this happen with Auburn going into Stegman at Georgia. They lose that game outright. Now in this one, you're going to the Maravich Center. I think LSU's got a great chance to win this game. I would I would take a shot with the plus 165 here. Last time I said that with LSU against Florida, they got beat. Now Florida was two when they came to the Maravich Center. Now this is a higher number. I don't agree with that. I, I think Auburn is a solid team. 
but I don't look at them at the top of the SEC, even though their record right now indicates that. Big one. Uh, my group text has already been going off here for the Commonwealth Cup, Virginia Tech against Wahoo Wild University of Virginia. Cavs going to lay five at home against the Hokies. Well, the Hokies, we know this is a game they want to win and certainly love to knock off the number team, 10 team in the land. Yeah, go, uh, guns up. Kelly, I just said that because Dave's always got something to say. I don't Get even have anything. Ho- Texas Hokey, Tech. Is, uh, that, I was waiting for that. Texas Tech is guns up, but I just want to throw in a, just <laughs> nothing that has anything to do with this game. Wahoo against Hokie High. I, I like Virginia in this game. I think the Cavaliers are a really good team. Uh, defensively, they can really stymie you, as we know. But to me, Virginia Tech has not been consistent enough. This team has been kind of a little bit inconsistent from an offensive standpoint at times. I think the Cavaliers' defense in a rivalry game here at home at the JPJ wins this one. All right, laying the five with Led Zeppelin, John Paul Jones Center. Uh, let's go to Florida against AM in this one. And Florida on the road. You mentioned that game well, yeah. last week against LSU. They get the W. Uh, and now they're going to get three and a half against AM. What do you make of this one? You know, this is a revenge spot for the Gators. They lost this game down in the O-Dome about two weeks ago against uh, Florida. I'm sorry. Florida lost this game against A&M at Mm -hmm. home. Revenge spot here for the Gators. A&M is really coming on, Dave. They're playing well. I'm going to stay away from this one. Normally speaking, in a spot like this, a short number, I would be on A&M. I still, for some reason, am just not a believer in this team. They've won six in a row. But when you look at some of the victories, now they did beat South Carolina by 41 on the road, uh, Missouri at home by 18. They won at Florida. A couple of those wins were against Northwestern State and Prairie View. I, I think this game, I would lean towards AM. Didn't play it, won't play it, but uh, I would not be shocked at all if the Gators get revenge. Uh, very quickly before we go, I, I know there's one game that you do like, and that would be involving MIZ. Tell me about Missouri tonight and what you think in their tilt. Yeah, Dennis Gates' team is playing outstanding. Love the tempo they're playing with right now. You look at Brown and Hodge, they've been tremendous. Averaging about 30 points combined for this Missouri team. Really love what they've been able to do. Short number on this one in Como tonight. Now it's gone up a little bit. Two, two and a half. I would take this one up to as high as minus three. Arkansas, the Nick Smith injury has been crucial for this team. He's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. This team has not been as good with the injuries. I like Missouri here in this one. All right, when we come back, we'll see if there's any other college basketball plays you like. And also, dabble into golf. The American Express Tournament is this weekend. And we'll see if there's numbers we might like there as well. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on VC. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The football playoffs are heating up with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all things football this playoff season. Celebrate the weekend with our divisional round parlay insurance, then extend the fun throughout the rest of the postseason with our playoffs first touchdown insurance. Log on to betrivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action. It is a whole new ballgame. Back alongside Amal Shaw, I want to give our, our pro tip for hour number two. It does come to us from the NBA in a conversation we were just having with our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. And as JVT, he follows the Clippers very closely. He still loves the, the, the ceiling for this team. But on the day in, day out, if you're going to be handicapping the NBA and you look up and see they're getting eight points in Salt Lake City tonight against the Jazz, you go, well, that feels like candy. We got to look at who's playing. And there are teams out there in the new era we live in with the NBA that like the Clippers each and every game in the regular season. Buckle up, because when you grab that number, you better be monitoring 
all day long whether or not guys like Kawhi and PG-13 are actively performing in said game. And that's why these numbers get skewed. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's crucial when you look at it. That's one of the first things I check on any sport, any game. I mean, for me, I don't worry about it as much in certain situations, like in hockey, for example. Now, you have a Nathan McKinnon out for Colorado. He's been out. uh, Gabriel Landeskog won't even be back until probably about March. So you look at those types of injuries as being a little bit more prudent to uh, a betting situation with the avalanche. But so many other guys down on the depth chart, doesn't matter. You know, John Wall in the lineup. You know, a guy that's been out for the Clippers that I really like is Luke Kennard, tremendous shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy once you get back in there. And by the way, Luke's the guy you want on the floor when you're up and you got to protect the lead and they're fouling. That's you want Kennard going mm-hmm. to the line. Yeah. It's been tremendous. The only thing I, I don't like about Luke is he played at Duke. I was going to say, I didn't think you yeah. – well, your buddy didn't like Coach K. I don't like Coach K. I don't actually have anything against Duke. It's like I always say, I don't actually have anything against the teams. I don't dislike Michigan. It's the fan bases. And in the case of college basketball, it's certain coaches. Jim Beheim, Mike Krzyzewski, those are the people I don't like. I don't know why you don't like Beheim. You took his money. That is the No, pro he tip. gave it away. That is the pro tip for hour <laughs> number two. You get access to up to 20 of those a day. As a VEASAN Pro subscriber, you go to VEASAN.com. You can sort those out by show and or by sport. Let's get back to college basketball, some of the games on the docket that you still might like today. Providence against Marquette, a battle of top 25 teams here. I have an affinity for Shaka Smart because he took my alma mater VCU to the Final Four back in the day. How good is this Marquette team, and can they cover seven and a half? It's a very good basketball team. Sitting at 14 and five right now. um, But, you know, to me, conference losses, like at X, you know, at the Centos Center, that's Mm -hmm. just going to be there. They lose by four in that game. Uh, they lost to Providence in probably, I shouldn't say probably, but one of the best games of the college basketball season earlier this year when these two teams faced off. Uh, that was a double overtime game in which PC won it. That was back in, I believe, in December. Yeah, December 20th, 103-98. Great shooting wow. by both teams in that game. What, what, what quarter was that in, in the NBA? 103-98. Holy man. Late third quarter, depending on who's <laughs> yes, playing. But um, Great matchup. I love the way this Marquette team has played all year long. Really, really good. Flew under the radar. I don't think people thought they were going to be this good. Jones and Prosper have been outstanding for this basketball team. And I got to give uh, Ed Cooley's team a ton of credit. They lost a lot of talent from last year's mm-hmm. team. I did not think they'd be this good. Back in the top 25, 14-4, and four, doing a really nice job. Uh, you know, for me, the one thing you look at Bryce Hopkins, averaging 16 points a game. He's going to have to have a big game tonight on the road here. I didn't play this game. I think the number's a little bit high at seven and a half. So if you said, okay, I'm going to the game tonight, I'm going to play the game. I would lead it towards PC. But I think uh, Marquette wins this basketball game. All right, but it could be inside that number of seven and a half. Let's get to Bedlam, Oklahoma. I, again, Porter Moser, I think, is an outstanding coach in our Chicago days. Got to cross paths with him. I think he's an excellent basketball coach. They're going to get two tonight at Okie State. Do you like Oklahoma and the style that he's bringing there? Uh, to, to Boomer Sooner, do you think it's matching up? Yeah, I like it. They're tough. Um, you know, this is a great – I have to tell you, one of the moves of the offseason was getting Grant Sherfield from Nevada in the transfer portal. He's been tremendous for this team. I really like him. They should have won the game in uh, in Kansas at the Fog. They, they were really playing well in that game, came up a little bit short. Uh, I played this game. This was my second favorite play behind Missouri tonight. Missouri was my top play by a large margin over Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. This number's down down to two. I think it's a playable number. Wow. Musa Cisse, his injury situation, a little bit of a concern for me right now. He's going to be a game-time decision, but you like to get his minutes in there. Plays about 25 minutes a game, averages about nine points a game for Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I think Oklahoma State wins this game because it's at Gallagher-Iba. Um, Great rivalry. Bedlam's an incredible matchup between these two teams. I like Oklahoma, but I think Okie Light comes up 
the winner tonight at home. You, you mentioned the injury concern there for Oklahoma State. Does that, when you factor that into the handicap, do you play it and say, even if he doesn't play, I think I can still cover the short number. I, I do because I still, even though the Cowboys have lost three in a row, they will be up on this game. Uh, I like Avery Anderson at the guard position for the Sooners. I'm sorry, for the Cowboys. Um, I, I'm going to still ride with Oklahoma State in this game. Oklahoma had a nice win against WVU on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if they necessarily come on the road here. in a. It's going to be a tight, tough game. It should be a fun one. I don't think it'll be as good as the game last night we saw at, Man. Uh, in Manhattan between Kansas State and Kansas. That, that game was exactly what you expected. K-State comes out early. The crowd's behind them. By the way, give uh, credit to the uh, – the security at the arena. They roped off where the players' handshake line is. They yep. knew there was going to be a court storming, especially with KU being ranked as high as they are. And if there's a betting market somewhere where you live, National Coach of the Year, there's nobody even close. It's Jerome Tang of Kansas State. Yeah, they love him. He has already become a folk hero there in Little Manhattan after that win last night, 83-82 in overtime over Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Okay, very quickly, uh, I'm all great breakdown of the card tonight in college basketball. I do want to get to a little bit of golf here uh, in the last couple minutes we have, and and we're going to California. So, again, for those that are familiar with the West Coast Swing, right, they just finished up in Hawaii. Uh, Steve Kim came from behind. If you had him in the final round, he's like plus 775 uh, as a dog to come back, and he did win on Sunday. Now we're going to California as we begin this swing. Okay, so big field here at the Pro-Am. Uh, obviously, if you don't know what that means, you got – you got pros, you got amateurs. They're going to play. We got a cut of top 65 and ties after 54 holes. Okay, so that's a little bit different than your, your normal PGA Tour event. Not 36, but after 54 holes. And we're going to play this one at the stadium course at PGA West. Three-course uh, rotation day. That's, okay. what they're, that's what they're doing. So it's the first two days you're going to play. PGA first three West. days you're going to cycle between the three courses, and then they'll go back to the stadium course on Sunday after the cut. So – Kelly, for me, that makes it for it a much more difficult hand. Oh, very. Because very. we're not playing just one for all four days. We're going to have this rotation. How do you factor that in, Cal, when you look at uh, these guys on, the, on this, these golf courses? Uh, I think it's a great question because it's the, it's the you dial back your betting big time, at least if you're, if you're me. Um, ironically, I've actually hit outrights here two of the past four years, wow. so I don't really know what to make of that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those random things, right? Um, so I dialed back. I just played a few outrights, one matchup. Tom Hoagie, Andrew Putnam are guys that I'm high on this week. Uh, it, it, this does have a great field, though. Hit the odds board uh, real quick. John mm -hmm. Rahm, he's six to one. Scotty Scheffler, ten to one. Patrick Cantlay, eleven to one. Finau, fourteen to one. Everybody else, twenty to one or longer. Uh, so it, one of the best fields that this tournament's had in a long time. Uh, but you'll see in past winners, it, there's some some randomness with all the different courses that they got to play here. Some longer shots have found success here in the past. Uh, so really looking for some guys that did play in Hawaii, have some experience under their belt here over the past couple weeks, or have had really good success at this tournament before, Dave. So uh, what I dialed in on four guys I played outrights on, Tom Hoagie, Andrew Putnam, Adam Hanwin and had Adam Hadwin and Cameron Davis are the four that I played. Uh, Hoagie played in both the Hawaii tournaments, third place finish in that tournament at championships. Putted well, hit approach shots well in both tournaments. That's going to be key this week, uh, regardless of what course you're playing. 
Um, Hoagie's had success at this, uh, at this tournament as well. Finished second last year in a T6 three years ago. Top 10 in all my stat models. Andrew Putnam's the other guy I want to po- point out real quick. Mm-hmm. Not a popular name on tour. Finished fourth last week in the Sony Open. Fourth in the field in st- uh, strokes gained total at this tournament the past five years. One of the best in the field. Uh, and one of the better turn- uh, p- putters in the tournament. So he's a guy that I dialed in on some longer odds. I think this is a tournament. Just play a few outright, sit back. Hope you got a guy in the mix on Sunday. You know, I'm looking for two names that are not playing this weekend. Jordan Spieth and Kyle Morikawa. And the reason why I look at those two guys, look, these guys set their schedules. They've got it outlined. They're going to tell you this is part of the rotation. You know, this wasn't part of our rotation. But when you blow a lead like Kyle Morikawa did a couple weeks ago and give that one to John Rahm, who's, by the way, the the, the short favorite here, as Kelly mentioned, 6-1 to to win this tournament. And I haven't seen your face on, on the tour since. And then Jordan Spieth led after the first round last week and missed the cut. Yep. That's hard to do. I just wonder, man, guys develop scar tissue. These are elite, multi-major champions. But I'm all, I wonder, you know, like Top Gun, after Goose died, what they keep saying? Keep sending him up. He's got to get back in that cock. He's got to re-engage. Well, that's a big concern for Jordan Spieth, right? He was minus five after Thursday, and then he somehow can't qualify? And, and by the way, I think this has been part of Speed's problem for the long haul. When you look at it, he should be competing at an elite level. I thought he was going to be the guy potentially to take that mantle from Tiger. He took the mantle. He just drove it right into the ground. He bothers me, too. Three he's, majors. He's always that guy who knows he's on TV and talks to the camera like all the time. Like, come on. And Michael Grell, the caddy. Yourself. How do you deal with that guy? I feel like playing poker with them all. Great show. It's yes. very entertaining if you're the other seven people at the table. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. The final countdown is next here on Visa. 